Our gospel reading this day is in the second and third chapters of the Gospel of Mark, beginning in the 23rd verse of the second chapter. Following the reading of the gospel, we'll have a moment of silence to listen attentively for God's word resonating within us. Let us listen for God's good word speaking to us. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and as they, Jesus and the disciples, made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, Look, what? why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priests to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind, and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And Jesus said to the man who had the withered hand, Come forward. Then he said to him, it, it, To them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. Jesus looked at around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched out his hand. And he was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against Jesus how to destroy him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Seek. Seek. If you were to fill in that blank about what we ought to seek, if you were to imagine what in church we, we should be hearing about what we ought to be seeking, how might you fill in that blank? Perhaps uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness, for those are Jesus' words. We are creatures of desire. We are creatures of appetite. We are moved deeply, desirously. Impulses move us. Seek beauty, 
Those were the words on a billboard in lustrous shades of blue on Michigan Avenue overlooking Grant Park, looking still further over to Lake Michigan in Chicago. A bright blue billboard. And as aphorisms go, as, uh, as directives go, it's a pretty good one. Seek beauty, particularly in the midst of one of the world's most fast-paced, most global cities. A good reminder. Seek beauty. What is it that we cannot help but be moved by? Honestly, in our own lives, as we reflect, what genuinely is it that moves us? It may be that we are moved by Jesus' words when he does say, seek God's righteousness. That term, that Greek word for righteousness, is also the same word that's used for justice. And for many of us, we are moved by justice, particularly in the region in which we live. We may be policymakers, we may be lawyers, we may be uh, advocates, we may be community organizers being moved, seeking God's just righteousness. Some of us, truth be told, if we're honest with ourselves, may have quite an appetite for power. Some of us are truly moved by a love for our fellow human beings and so are genuinely philanthropists, lovers of people. Some of us, scholars, teachers, students, or simply seekers, are lovers of wisdom, so genuinely philosophers, seekers, lovers of wisdom. There's an ancient text, actually it's a compilation of texts across the centuries uh, that comes from our Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters. It has the title Philokalia, or literally the love of beauty, beauty and goodness. Beauty was one of the most important concerns within the medieval period, one of the most important concerns. God giving evidence of God's self by means of beauty. And Calvin, John Calvin, picked up on that theme and he developed from it a theology, a theology of allurement. He uses the word allure, that God allures us by God's goodness and beneficence. God allures us. It's a very different kind of image. You know, Calvin is so frequently perceived as being very stern, and that is a part of who Calvin was. But can you imagine his his sense of the great delight that God has in us and the potential for the great delight we may have in God? God allures us by God's great beneficence and goodness that our hearts may study and know and know with our whole heart to love and serve God. This summer, we'll be exploring beauty, especially Sabbath's beauty, how God allures us and renews us both by means of beauty and the Sabbath. Jesus speaks winsomely when he says the Sabbath was made for human beings. The Sabbath was made for us. Now, Jesus is speaking in the midst of a time of controversy. He's being watched by the critics. And he has the temerity to suggest that hungry disciples need to be fed, and so they may gather 
and eat. He has the, the temerity to suggest that, that Sabbath is precisely the time in which restoration may happen. May we imagine truly that the Sabbath was made for us. If you would like, I would invite us to enjoy together a deep breath. Don't know what your week has been like. Don't know what you might have been through. Don't know what you might have been carrying with you into this place. But can we imagine just shaking it off? Another deep breath, if you would like. Letting our hearts and our minds and our souls and our bodies be held, be held in rest and peace by God in this place. this hour may be genuinely a time where we have been withered to be restored. The Sabbath was made for humankind. And God often allures us by beauty. So for just a moment, if you would look and see what is it in this place that allures you? What is the beauty that speaks to you in this place? It might be the warmth of the wood. It might be that there's that one particular stained glass window that you've always enjoyed looking at. Or it might be a particular hue on one particular window. Or it may not so much be the the visual sense, but it may be the grandeur of the organ or the voices of the choir. What is the beauty in this place that allures Because beauty can refresh and renew us. Sabbath is for restoration and renewal and worship. And Sabbath is the root of the word sabbatical. Perhaps most of us now are aware that this congregation has been uh, has received one of the few and very prestigious uh, Lilly sabbatical grants. The Lilly Foundation grants these to just a few congregations across the country every year, and it's an enormous opportunity for a congregation's life to deepen and Sabbath to deepen and be renewed to experience a time of Sabbath and sabbatical one with the other. Such grants are given to healthy congregations and they help promote healthy, long-term pastorates for the life of a congregation. And Pastor uh, Molly Blythe-Tykert will be focusing on beauty and iconography. 
the grant does still more than only give time for the pastor to be away. It gives the entire congregation some breathing room to deepen the experience of Sabbath. And the invitation today, as will be the invitation throughout the summer, is to let our senses be open to beauty. For how God may allure us through the beauty around us. It may be, if you have the opportunity to go to the beach this summer, that it would be uh, the beauty and the grandeur of the skies. Or it may be, in tending your own garden, there's one particular flower that you look forward to every year. It might be the sound of a grandchild's laughter, the joy and the beauty of that that speaks to you of God. I understand that the uh, uh, sabbatical coordinating team is developing a scrapbook to which we may contribute. So I would encourage you, let us be alive to beauty, awake to beauty, to see how it may be manifest. And the last Sunday in July, we'll do some harvesting, some speaking about the beauty that has spoken to us. Now the imperative to seek beauty is good, and yet there is more. Seeking is effortful. Seeking may even be needful, but there is something more. It's receiving the goodness that God already has for us, receiving the beauty that God already has for us. There is so much ugliness in our world. And yet, at one and the same time, There is beauty. God keeps seeding God's self in the world. God seeds God's self in beautiful places of worship. God seeds God's self in the great creation. God seeds God's self in human hearts. So the practice of Sabbath helps open us again and again to those seeds. What we practice throughout this summer will be seeds for the ongoing life of this congregation. with the ugliness in the world, with all that's demanded of us in the world, oftentimes we do somewhat shrink or become armor. The Sabbath is a time that 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 armor, that armor can melt. We may pick it up again on Monday morning if we need to. But to melt into the beauty that we were created to be. And Sabbath, this breathing time, creates just a little bit of breathing space for us. For as that breathing space opens now here on a Sunday morning, the breathing space also opens in our lives. If we can breathe just a little bit more when that angry person confronts us in the office on a Monday morning, if we have just that much more breathing space before we respond, just that much more breathing space that God may be at work in the midst of things. Sabbath, beauty, these are seeds for our life and your life together. Sabbath creates that breathing space and beauty lures us to the awareness of God. Now beauty may sound like altogether too, too frail a thing, too small a thing, perhaps even too trivial a thing in the midst of such a troubled world in which we live. And yet, 
God is always with us. Beauty is always with us right alongside. And perhaps when we're most troubled, if we can just for a moment breathe, God, where is the beauty also here? I saw that sign, Seek Beauty, on Good Friday in Chicago. I had the good fortune in that moment to be walking a friend's dog, and try as I might, I'm not remembering for sure that dog's name. I believe it was Murphy. Very much enjoyed walking that beautiful Friday afternoon, hearing the laughter of the children in Grant Park, looking and seeing the waters in Lake Michigan being a surprising azure blue. I expected it to be rather more polluted, and it wasn't to see the blossoms in the park. So much beauty. And sitting on a bench for a moment with Murphy panting heavily in the heat of the day and stroking his fur, that beauty was a consolation. Why? I happened to be in Chicago visiting a member of this presbytery. His name is Jeff Crabiel. Jeff was, until very recently, the pastor of a church in DuPont Circle, uh, the Church of the Pilgrims. Do any of you happen to know that congregation or know Jeff? If you do, you might also know that Jeff's memorial service was yesterday, just, I believe, 37 days after he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, he died. Good Friday is one of the most paradoxically named days in the whole Christian calendar. We walk with one another, friends and beloved ones and fellow church members. We walk with one another in life, unto death, unto life eternal. And sometimes that walk, Lord help us, is so hard. But in the midst of the difficulty, God's beauty always, always, always is there. And the opportunity to be in fellowship with the beloved one who is dying, oh my God, thank you. What a privilege. Sufism has a poet, Rumi, And Rumi says this. He says, let, I need to see the words, yes, let the beauty of what you love be what you do. Let the beauty of what you love be what you do. And may the beauty of the one who loves us Transform us into God's beauty so we ourselves may be God's beauty in the world. Thanks be to God who walks us through life, through death, and into the resurrection. So may it be in beauty.